want to get service, selection, and price so low. The record archive is the place to go. from this torture, hunched up here like a cat in Lombardy, or anywhere else, the stagnant water's poison. Breathe deep. (laughs) Whoops, wrong song. (laughs) (laughs) So that, that was a, uh, that was a little poem that was supposedly written by Michelangelo about his disdain and how much he hated painting the Sistine Chapel. He didn't like painting that? I didn't. I never knew this. Me neither. I thought he loved it. Me too. I thought he was fucking thrilled about it. (laughs) Apparently not. Huh. How's it going? All right. How are you? Good. Good. I'm well. So uh, this is our season three finale. Yep. Not sure what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Not much of anything. (laughs) Time doesn't mean anything anymore. It doesn't. Um, so I have a, I have a joke for you. Yeah. So the knee slapper, like, like usual. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> what does a pepper do when it's angry? Uh, what? It gets jalapeno face. <laughs> You're welcome. There, all right, there goes our last listener. <laughs> <laughs> Come back. <laughs> we take it back. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about something kind of weird the other day. Mm. I feel like seasons have like a metal genre. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like fall is kind of like doomy. Yeah. And then winter obviously is like black metal. Yeah. But like, for the sake of comfort, it shows you would think it'd be the opposite way around because there's, like, not a lot of moshing at, like, black metal shows. Mm-hmm. But we decide to mosh to death metal in, like, 108-degree weather at the bug jar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what season would spring and summer be? I feel like that's, like, death metal. Yeah. Death metal's more summer. What about spring, though? I don't feel like... I don't feel like spring is properly defined. Maybe it's like thrashy. Oh, all right. Like everyone's getting all excited for summer. (laughs) I don't think a lot of people love summer, though. No. I love summer. I know. I think one of the only reasons why I like summer is because it's lighter longer. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like it when it gets dark at like 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. That's like a real drag. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't like going like months without seeing like sun how do you think you would do in these areas that have like light all the time for certain parts of the year Mm, i don't think i would do well that's gonna fuck with you yeah and i I don't think it's light all the time i think it's like dusk Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. which is also a little depressing yeah 
Yeah. If it were to occur all the time, yeah. I think. Yeah. I like dusk, but if it was if it was constant, it would be kind of weird, I think. Yeah. Yep. Anywho. Yeah. So I got a I got a little story for you. Okay, you want to play tunes first or you want to I want to tell you this story real quick. Okay. Um so I told you about the guy that I always see on my way to work, right? Yeah. That's like for the, the runner. Pe- for the people listening. This guy's like in his mid to late 60s and uh he's always running every morning on my way to work and um he i mean i give him credit for doing it and he's fucking fast it's really funny because he like most people have their arms at like well they're like swinging a 90 degree angle and they're swinging back and forth to like for momentum i guess um this guy's arms are straight down to his sides which is funny looking, but he's really fucking fast and pretty old on top of it. And it's funny and like inspirational at the same time. Yeah. Good for him, but it's funny. Um, But that's not what I was getting at. Uh, so on the way back from work, I was driving through a neighborhood that speed limit's like 40 through this neighborhood. And um, I see there's, okay, so... On one side is kind of of the street. It's there's quite a few houses here. One side of the street is kind of flat, and the other side is like a hill. So you, everyone on that side, uh, drives up like a hill to their house, their driveway, right? Okay, okay. So, so I'm driving through a neighborhood, kind of not paying attention to a lot, and uh, that sounds like you. Yep, <laughs> and I see this fucking pizza delivery car backing down this driveway pretty fast i'm like he i'm coming up to him and i'm like all right he's gonna stop before i get there nope fucking just hauls ass all the way across the street right i'm like this motherfucker cut me off so bad right i had to slam on the brakes and then i was like wait wait a minute he's not stopping and then i was like there's there's no one in that fucking car shut so up. yeah so i <laughs> i look up to the house and the guy's like delivering the pizza, like the person's at the door, like, and he's delivering a pizza to the person. And like, it was so weird because neither one of the, like, they must have seen the car went all the way across the street and like probably 30 feet into the person's yard across the street and then slammed into a tree before it stopped and it didn't hit, you know, the person's house. But like the person getting the pizza and the delivery driver oblivious. No, no, they didn't notice shit, and it it was fucking hilarious. Are you making this up? No, it was crazy. You're so lucky they didn't slam any. I know it was it was very close. Because I was I was like he's got to stop. I'm way too close to him for him to just pull out and. And you kind of anticipated that he wasn't going to stop. No, I thought he was going to stop. In the last second, I slammed on the brakes and got really <laughs> furious. And then it was like, oh, there's no one in that car. <laughs> I would have hung out to see what the, like, the reaction was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder how that went. And that those people <laughs> across the street, they're lucky there was a tree there. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I mean, if I know the road that you're talking about, those houses are high on a hill. Yeah. It's pretty... It's pretty steep and so like for a car to go down backwards it, it had to have been cruising at it, a pretty good pace yeah it gained some gained some speed definitely 
That's crazy. Uh, yeah. And people walk yeah. all the time on that road. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. You want to get into our local tunes? Let's do it. All right. We're going to kick it off with Vile Tyrant with Gift of the Plague Bearer. Yep. This came out in June, right? Yeah. Um, and then after that, we're going to hear one of our local favorites, a uh, longtime doom band out of Rochester, Oro Druin, with the song Letter of Life's Regret. Street. 
Well, that was fun. Yep, it was. I am about to give you everything that I've got in my pocket. Oh, all right. Are you ready? Uh Uh-huh. I have some bleak facts for you. You do? Yeah, from Cracked. Mm. Um, I thought that was a mini driver reference. (laughs) Well, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sadness lasts longer than any other emotion. You can feel sad for up to 240 times longer than you feel ashamed, surprised, irritated, or even bored. You're a real downer. (laughs) I know. Getting too little or too much sleep is bad for your heart. Hmm. We're screwed. Mm -hmm. Um, My heart is fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm... ah. World Trade Center first responders are at risk for developing dementia. Mm Mm-hmm. And death. I didn't know about, I didn't know the dementia thing. Like, I know a lot of, like, respiratory issues, but. Yeah, I hadn't heard that either. um, Oceans are warming faster than previously predicted. It's pretty bleak. Yeah. Medical dramas greatly overestimate how effective CPR is. So this I did not know. Long-term survival rate of someone who receives CPR is only 13%. Really? Doesn't that seem really low? Yeah. What What's long-term survival rate? What does that mean? Um, well, I'm assuming like... Survival? Yeah. Period. <laughs> <laughs> long-term. It's like if you're alive for more than five minutes after. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people get brought, brought back with CPR. Yeah. But... Maybe for two minutes or 20 minutes or... Remember when my boss died in front of me? Yeah, and you were like traumatized. Yeah, it was fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. And you had to run and go get the defibrillator? Yeah, yeah. He was dead. His heart was stopped, I I think, for over 20 minutes. So, which I did not think... Was even possible? No, I didn't think there was any coming back from it. And then he, he came back to work. He came back to work, but he... He's he he suffered brain damage. He was different. Yeah. When he came back, yeah. And now he's dead from uh uh, uh esophagus yeah, cancer, like right? Some kind of throat cancer, yeah. yeah. I breathed that air for nine years. I know. That was weird though. Anyway. And we went to see him, remember when we went to see him in the hospital and he was watching football and he's like, Hey, Kenny <laughs> Like he was fine. <laughs> Yeah. And it like it so messed with you because you're like that dude. I just saw that dude dead for like 20 minutes, yeah. and now he's like, "Hey, Kenny, yeah, watching football." <laughs> um, using social media increases depression and loneliness. I think we all know that. Yeah, and feel it. Yeah, um, I, I read that on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, oh, this is interesting. Scientists accidentally killed the oldest living animal when they discovered it. <laughs> That's great. Ming the clam was 507 years old when it was frozen during a research project on climate change. Huh. Oh, well. <laughs> no one wants an old clam. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. R.I.P. Too soon? Um, 
employees who fake a smile during work are more likely to be heavy drinkers after work. Hmm. Okay. That kind of lines up. <laughs> <laughs> These are way too relatable. Yeah. <laughs> These are really hitting close to home. Loneliness increases self-centeredness and self-centeredness increases loneliness. Mm, okay. So it's like a vicious circle. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, depression causes your brain to age faster. Posting a lot of personal information online has a negative impact on your romantic life. Mm, mm-hmm. Duh. It's kind of obvious. <laughs> <laughs> People who binge drink have to work harder to feel empathy. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. So (laughs) there's some bleakness for everybody. Yeah. I'm sure they're happy about that. Oh, the last one. And then I have a story about this because I think we previously kind of touched on this, but, um, this one says half of your friends don't consider you a friend. A study showed <laughs> that we have less mutual friendships than we believe. This might be a product of social climbing. Huh. I think it's a pro- product of social media, first of all, because everyone is like attached to everybody. Yeah. And everyone thinks they have a million friends. Yeah. But it goes back. I think I remember in a previous episode, it's kind of blurry, like what we just talk about and talking and what we talk about in the show sometimes. Yeah, but, I know. Um, I think at one point you had asked me like what the best piece of advice I ever got was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why I didn't think about it at the time, but you, when we first met, gave me two pieces of advice that s- have always stuck with me. Mm. Believe it or not, I actually listen to you. <laughs> the first one is uh, everyone you consider your friend is not your friend. Oh, yeah. And like, as you get older, you'll realize that you have like two or three yeah. friends and yeah. not 40. Yeah. Um, you were you were in you were twenty three when we met and um and I just thought I had like this yeah. huge circle of friends yeah kind of I, I don't know I think twenty three to thirty three to forty three uh at least twenty three to thirty three huge difference big difference in friends yeah huge for most people I think but it's it was hard for me to go through that transition to yeah. like realize who like my actual friends were because. Yeah. Yeah. I put like stock in a lot of those people and they yeah. ended up being kind of shitty. Yeah. I remember when you quit smoking and you were flipping out that you weren't going to have any friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> My friends are smokers. <laughs> I don't have any friends anymore. <laughs> That's hilarious. That was just me not wanting to yeah. quit smoking. Yeah. Rationalizing. Uh, and the other piece of advice that you gave me was don't end up the asshole. Mm-hmm. I've been the asshole, so I was passing that on to you. (laughs) And I try really hard not to be the asshole. And Uh what you meant by that is like, if I have like somebody who comes to me and is like bitching about like their significant other or Mm -hmm. whatever, like Mm -hmm. don't bash on their significant other. Right. Um, Right. Just let them vent. Yep. Because they're going to make up. Yep. We hope they make up. Right. Yeah. And then I'm going to be the asshole. That's right. So... That was a really good piece of information or advice to give me. All right. Well, two things in 16 years. It's pretty good. Good track record. (laughs) It's like two home runs in 16 years. (laughs) 
All right. You want to talk about this next segment? I want to just kind of go into this next segment. Okay. And there's a theme for it. It is. There uh, is. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to play a segment of three songs. Very cool bands. And they all happen to be from Iraq. Mm-hmm. And this segment is brought to you by the Baghdad Battery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to start with Dark Phantom with the song Unholy Alliance. And then after that, we're going to hear Torture Hymns with the song I Destruction. And then I'd like to announce this last of one. Of course. Too. Okay, so this last band, the third band we're going to play is uh, Moolah, which is a black metal band from Iraq. And. This is all, besides the band name, all the song titles are in like Arabic. Mm -hmm. So I translated them because I don't speak Arabic yeah, I don't, or read it. <laughs> it. It's just, it's like reading Chinese. Like I wouldn't even know what to say. These are just like symbols. Yeah. So we're going to hear track number two, which is called From the Soul. And that is off of the Sire EP.
let my poem exist forever So all will learn to magnify my name
There is some interesting stuff coming out of Iraq. Mm-hmm. There's not a ton of bands, but there's, there's, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And I suppose it's very dangerous for them to be making this music. But I appreciate it. I like that moolah is very cool to me. It, yeah. It, it reminds me of, uh, I don't know. It reminds it has like an old Bathory vibe to it, like the early stuff. Yeah. But it, but also kind of its own sound. I like it. Enjoy, yeah. I like all all the th- all three bands are very good. So, uh, do you know who Elmer McCurdy is? Oh, he owned McCurdy's store. Uh, not quite. Oh, no. no. <laughs> so I happened upon this interesting uh, Ranker article, mm. and uh, it's a, it's kind of captivating. So, scrolling down here. Are you doom scrolling? <laughs> um, so, in the 70s, the crew of the $6 million man. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. On set, got the shock of their lives. One of the prop bodies being used in a haunted house scene was actually a real dead body. <laughs> Um, it was soon obvious that the man was nearly mummified and the crew was not responsible for his death. But the question remained, who was the man hanging from the funhouse ceiling? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so Elmer McCurdy was uh, much more of an interesting man in death than he was in, li- in life, mm. sadly. Um, I think that happens to a lot of people. Yeah. He was a train robber that had a very short and unsuccessful career as a Wild West outlaw. (laughs) Um, But his true career began after he was killed. When no one claimed his corpse, it was expertly embalmed and spent its immediate afterlife wandering across America. A sideshow performer, movie extra, prop at a wax museum. That body did it all. Um, McCurdy's corpse may be resting peacefully today, but it sure took him a while to make it to his grave. Um, so I think the cast on set thought it was like a paper mache, like dummy. Yeah. And apparently his arm fell off. (laughs) What? (laughs) And when they went to reattach his arm, they realized that there was... That it was an arm? Like, yeah, that there was, like, insides to it. Oh, this like is an arm. tissue. <laughs> um, How does this happen, though? It didn't smell or anything? Uh, Well, so... This seems like insanity. Wait, hold on. Like, I think he died, like, in the 20s. What? I could be wrong. Hold on. All right. Um, this sounds like a job for Colt Seavers. <laughs> <laughs> Experts found a bullet, a penny, and a museum ticket inside McCurdy's body. Inside? This is so confusing. Uh, when McCurdy's body was first discovered, law enforcement officials had no idea who he was. They took six x-rays. I don't know why six and bone measurements and examined his teeth in an effort to determine his identity. However, since his fingers were damaged, they couldn't pull fingerprints. The coroner was able to determine that he had undergone a previous post-mortem examination and a bullet was still inside his body. 
Further clues inside McCurdy's included a 1924 penny and a ticket from um, a museum in Los Angeles. That's where I probably got 1924 from. So it probably wasn't 1924. Mm. Oh, here we go. Uh, When he was killed by police in 1911, McCurdy was far from home and no family members came to pick up his body from the funeral home. The mortician, seeing a lucrative business opportunity, decided to keep McCurdy's body around and put it to work. He propped it up in the corner of a shop. Um, And... Yeah. This is madness. Went on for right, So he died in 1911, right? He was killed in 1911. How did this 1924 penny get inside him? Was it inside him or in his pocket or something? I don't know. It said inside. Or would they shove it up his ass? Well, he was preserved, <laughs> though, by the mortician that never claimed, that because nobody ever claimed his body. Mm-hmm. So, so I think he was preserved, and at some point... He ended up hanging from this funhouse. So, so. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to put the pieces together. So, so 60 something years later, he was on set for the six, $6 million man, right? Yeah. Which was in the seventies. And what would that look like? I don't even. Okay. So let me, there's just like a little bit more here. Okay. So, Almar McCurdy hadn't just been preserved, he had nearly been mummified. The mortician that had originally taken custody of his body after he died in 1911 had embalmed him with so much arsenic, his body had barely decomposed over almost seven decades. Um, He had been shipped around the country, put on display, used as a prop, and hung from a noose. He had even been painted fluorescent orange so he could glow better while on display at the funhouse. But in spite of everything his body had been through, his true identity was eventually discovered. So that kind of answers your question. Huh. That's that's a crazy story. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm going to question anything I see, like any props in like <laughs> a fun house, haunted house. Yeah. That's weird. That's really weird. How did he get away with that? I don't know. Yeah. And there's actually like a, a picture of him. Um, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. He's uh. There you go. Oh, yeah. There he is. Huh. I don't know what happened to him after they found him on set. I mean, I guess they buried him. Hmm. Eventually, but. That's weird. Yeah. I don't know. So, uh, I don't even know. I'm speechless. Maybe, uh, maybe grandma knew who Elmer was. Oh, yeah. Why don't we check in with her? All right.
Noxious from the Rochester area. That was from their demo from 1989, and that song was called Picture Window. And yeah, that's uh, it's still bizarre, interesting stuff. It's aged well, though. Yeah, it, it was odd at the time, and it's still odd. And I don't know, I like it. It's uh, it's different, and it's still different all these years later. Yeah. And uh, Finney from that band went on to, I think he did some other things, but he, more notably that we've played on the show, he was uh, the vocals in Mung Bean Demon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good stuff. Definitely. So uh, before we carry on, I just want to stop for a second and I want to warn you that I'm going to be a little sen- sentimental. Oh, shit. Um, we kind of touched on the fact that this is the last episode of season three and we're going to be going into season four. Mm -hmm. Our seasons are 26 episodes each. Why? Because we're weird. Yeah. Um. Because we're a little stitious. But I think we're always moving forward and, um, working on the show and just trying to do the best we can and we forget, like, the stuff that we've accomplished. So in season three, I would like to remind you um, what we've done. Okay. So we've talked to Kingsley from Mm -hmm. Deceased. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had a couple of COVID confessional check-ins. Yeah. We talked to our guy, Chris Natalini. Yeah. We talked to Brian Mason. Yeah. We chatted with Tommy Stewart. Yeah. Um, we had a really fun interview with Moment of Truth. Yeah, yeah. Um, we talked to Rachel from Metal Webzine. Yeah. We, um, got to chat with Richter. Yes. 
uh, Richie from Grave Huffer. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Loker twice. Yep. Um, Eric Burke. Yep. And his manager. And his manager. Uh, Nick from Hessian Firm. Uh-huh. Really cool record label. Yeah. Uh, Christian Larson. Yep. And Night Cobra. Night Cobra. And Necrofire. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, last but not least, our most inter- recent interview was with Xmaster. Yep. Yep. With Joe and Jeff. So that was all in season three. Awesome. And um, I know you've been working really hard to line up some really cool stuff for season four. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to um, to the future of Grim Dystopian. Me too. Yeah. There, we have a couple... In, this, in the near future, we have a couple of very cool ones lined up. Yeah. One that I'm kind of surprised that they agreed to, but it's going to be a good one. Yeah. So, there we have it. There's my set of metal. Well, thank you. <laughs> Moment. I just, I think we get so wrapped up yeah. in what we do that, like, we don't enjoy it. Yeah. Sometimes, like, definitely. we just, we're just go, 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 go. So. It's definitely true. And it's, you know, I don't know. We had to, like, really adapt to different times with COVID. and We had to endeavor to persevere. <laughs> That's right. Are <laughs> you sick of hearing that? Um, but One we're, of my favorite lines ever. <laughs> we're, we're missing our live shows. We're missing yeah. seeing all of our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that sometimes times... We're tough, get tough, yeah. are tough. Yeah. Um, so it's good that we have the show. It kind of keeps us grounded yeah. and connected. And yeah. so definitely, there you have it. Definitely, and it uh, keeps us hearing and sharing lots of cool music. Indeed, indeed. So we have some more cool music. Yeah, so I happened upon this band and listened to it from start to finish and really enjoyed it. So Mm -hmm. we're going to start this block off with Beholder from Quebec with the song A Heavy Toll. And then after that, we're going to hear Pale Mare, another Canadian band, Doom Band. We're going to hear the song Zealot.
What's up, everyone? This is Richie from Grave Huffer. You're listening to the Grim Dystopian Podcast. Crank it loud.
So we've all heard these stories about like rock stars and musicians destroying their hotel rooms, right? Yeah. Have you heard the one that involves Billy Idol? Mm, I have not. I hadn't heard this one either, but it like tops them all. Is it recent? No, this is from 1989. Oh, okay. Um, when Billy was traveling through Thailand, um, he checked into Bangkok's Mandarin Oriental Hotel, mm-hmm. and he proceeded to stay there for three weeks and um, indulged in sex and drugs. Um, apparently, the entire fiasco cost $250,000. And I believe 140000 of that was damages to the hotel. What? Yeah. Um, it says he trashed his room. Um, By doing what, though? I don't know what he was doing. But he also <laughs> refused to leave, apparently. This went on for three weeks. He refused to leave. And the Guardian newspaper reported that the hotel ended up having to call in the Thai army who had to shoot him <laughs> with a tranquilizer dart <laughs> to is get him out. Is this real life? It, apparently it's real. I've never heard it, but... I feel like this whole episode is made up. <laughs> I know. It does sound like it. Everyone's like, they're, all, they're full of shit about everything. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah, I never heard that one. Me neither. That's a crazy one. I'm surprised we haven't heard that, though. He had to be shot with a tranquilizer dart <laughs> by the Thailand the, army? Yeah. Because he wouldn't leave, it says. But um, yeah, we've heard like the other ones about like people throwing TVs out their windows or just wrecking the room. But like that's fucking insanity, and I I never heard that one. And then refusing to leave. Yeah. Like normally, when people trash somewhere, they want to leave. Yeah. So e- either that's true, or it was like a PR stunt by his management. Oh, that could be. You never know. Yeah. It's amusing though. Well, it's on the internet, so... So it's real. Yeah. Okay, check. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, you want to wrap this one up? I think we should wrap this up. Enough nonsense for season three. All right, you want to cheers? Cheers. water and our soda pop? It's not water. It's liquor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's water. It's liquor. (laughs) Um, all right, as always, stay safe, stay healthy, don't be an asshole. And put your car in park, pizza man. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to kill someone. (laughs) All right, we're kicking it off with Fuming Mouth from Massachusetts with Burning Hand. And then we're going to hear Execrate from New Zealand with Mass Hysteria. And then we're going to go into inhibitions from Greece with Rascal.
I've already grown a goiter from this torture. What's that? Hunched up here like a cat in Lombardy. Or anywhere else where the stagnant water's poison. <laughs> Welcome to season four. <laughs> it's not season four, you idiot. What is it? It's the end of season three. <laughs> no. All right, let's start over again. <laughs>